Hi there, this is Austin Hetzler, the pastor of Christ the Rock Church of Elyria, Ohio. We at Christ the Rock are humbled and grateful to be a part of your sanctification today as you listen to this sermon. But at the same time, we want to encourage you to be a member of a good local church and not to allow online sermons to replace the local church and to benefit from the life of that church and to give your spiritual gifts back to that church. Having said that, our website is www.christrockchurch.com. If you go there, you can find sermons, blogs, and other resources as well as our location and service times. You can also listen to the sermons on Bible Thumping Wingnut, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. I, along with the membership of Christ the Rock Church, pray that this sermon will be a blessing to you. All right, good morning, church. For CEI, we're starting a new series, Sermon on the Mount. And uh, Matthew chapter 5, if you have your Bibles or your Bible app uh, ready. Uh, today, we're going to go through the Beatitudes. And uh, these are precious. Um, and it's, it's a reminder to us where we're at during our sanctification phase. It also reminds us who Jesus is. Right, so he he his attributes are really shown through these. Um, so let's pray. Lord God, our heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you, and Lord, we thank you for your word, and that Lord, that each one of us will have uh, open hearts and open ears to hear your words this morning, and that you would guide and direct us, Lord God. And any changes that we need to make, Lord, or any uh, uh, encouragement that we need from this, that, Lord, uh, that your spirit will provide that. Lord, we thank you for the Beatitudes that we're about to read. And, Lord, uh, we just praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, this, 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 is, this is a great part of a scripture. Uh, I know, uh, Pastor, you're talking about maybe doing Matthew, right? Going, going through the book of Matthew. So, Hebrews, oh, Hebrews would be awesome. Okay. So, let me, I'm, I'm going to read, uh, this, is, this is Matthew again, chapter 5, um, all the way up to verse 12. It says, Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And when he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. 
Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For they... For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So we're going to break these down a little bit as as we go through. And, And, you know, the first part, seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. So it's interesting, you know, he sees the crowds and such. And he has to get on a little higher elevation. To, to see everybody, right? And I, I can't even imagine what that would be, getting eye contact with Jesus, right? That, that he's making these provisions to go up on the mountain so he can be heard, right? And, uh, and, and, you know, you don't know what his thought was on that. It was just to be heard or is that he could see everybody's faces because if you're level with everybody, you can't see everybody's faces, Right? Um, I always thought that was interesting. Um, But, you know, first we must notice in his sermon that he gives on the mount, it's directed towards his disciples, right, through which the whole church uh, learns through them today, even today, right? These are lessons that they carry forth into their preaching and going forward. Um, and, you know, since Jesus reveals the depth of his commands here, um, it, it, just like, it's kind of like Moses going up on Mount Sinai, right, to, 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 to talk to the people. And then it says, when he sat down. Um, you know, I always think, you know, nothing's too trivial in Scripture, right? Everything, has, it's there for a reason and such. But, you know, it was interesting reading commentaries and stuff. And what I found out, it was customary for first century teachers to sit down when they were teaching. And when they were done, they would stand up and that would show that they they were finished at the time. And then it says, his disciples came to him. You know, although the crowds were mentioned here, Jesus addresses the instructions and the promises to those who were committed to follow him, right? Right? Otherwise, it's just falling on deaf ears, right? All, 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 all of these beatitudes. And, uh, you know, they're committed to following him, not just to follow, but willing to take on, if you get to the end of the beatitudes, that persecution that it takes to follow Jesus, right? <laughs> we, we have a lot of feel-good preachers out there, right? And, and that just, you know, get saved and your life will be perfect. Uh, not true. Will we have salvation? Do we have glory at the end of this? But sometimes being a Christian is not easy. There is persecution. I'm going to talk about one such that we just celebrated uh, here, in a, in her, here in a little bit. Um, and he opened his mouth and taught them saying, you know, you can almost feel the anticipation, when I was reading that, you can almost feel the anticipation of Matthew's writing of what's about to follow. I mean, we're talking about Jesus here, right? 
the word who became flesh, and he's going and he opened his mouth and taught them. Could you imagine? I mean, we're taught by his word today, but in person, could you imagine what that would be? With I don't think they could fully grasp of being in Jesus's presence at that point, right? Uh, but it's awesome. So the first beatitude, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So, you know, it starts with blessed. Though, you know, I've heard so many people say, you know, it almost, you know, it means the same as happy. But that just falls flat on what this meaning of this word blessed actually means. Okay? We've got to be able to grasp this to understand the Beatitudes that we're going to be reading. Um, it's not just happy. It includes spiritual well-being, having an approval from God with great communion with our creator. That's what that means. You've got to be able to grasp this because you're not going to get this if you're not his, right? You're not going to be blessed if you're not one of his disciples. So... uh, that, that's key. That's key to understanding. Uh, and and that, that, that was important for me. That, that was part of my personal study. That, that was just like, I, I've, I've, I've heard sermons and, and I've heard teachings on this. And usually, you know, it's just blessed means happy. And it's, it's so much more than that. Then it says, you know, in, in this one, it's blessed are the poor in spirit. Every human being, except Jesus, is spiritually destitute in God's eyes. We are spiritually destitute. But only those who can see their own poverty, right? Their own sin, who will mourn over that sin and thirst for righteousness, will inherit the kingdom of heaven. We're all poor in spirit. That's that's one part that you will realize through this sanctification period that we're in. How many times do you grieve yourself because of your own sin? But yet, blessed are the poor in spirit. Our Creator knew this, right? Jesus knew this. And He knew it was going to be a struggle day in and day out with us. But yet, Blessed are the poor in spirit. That should be a reminder to us of our frail humanity, that we are not perfected yet. That's not going to come to a glorification. And it says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And, and glorification, right? That's the end game. What happens at glorification that it's talking about here in this, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, No more sin. We're done with sin. I cannot wait for that day. I cannot wait for that day. And and we'll be worshiping our Savior forever and ever and ever through all eternity. The next one is, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Real interesting in this, you know, I, I automatically, you know, when I think mourning, I think of, you know, people mourning a death, you know, and, and such like this. It's interesting, the number of, of uh, 
commentaries I read in Lingonier, even, even John MacArthur, talks more towards mourning, mourning over your own sin and evilness. Okay? So I think that's, this is an easy one to like, get confused on or, or, or bypass on. And over the failure of mankind to give proper glory to our Lord. Right? Once we become acutely, really aware and show true repentance, then we will be comforted. That's when we will be comforted. So for blessed for those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. When we mourn over our sins, there is something that we cannot explain to any non-believer of that comfort that comes over us. Because we come face to face with it. And we confess that. Next one. Blessed are the meek. For they shall inherit the earth. Um, you know our best example of meekness. Is Jesus. What, what, you know meekness. I've, you know, I, I've, I remember this. The first time I heard this sermon. And it was a whole pastor Stone King. And I remember what he came out with, and it took me a little bit to understand this, and, and, it, and it's ring true even to now. Meekness is power under control. We have the creator of the universe. What did it say? Jesus could have called a legion of angels right, to, to pick him up and take him off that cross. It did, he did not have to go to that cross for us. Uh, it was his meekness and gentleness it's power, it's power under control. And, and meekness is the attitude of humility or submission to God. It's humility and submission to God. That is our meekness. Um, you know, I always say it. It's true, in, in, in especially in Reformed circles, we can become, uh, you know, theologically proud, right? Uh, and, and lack that meekness. You know, we might be right in what we're saying, but the way we're delivering it, we're beating a brother or sister down. That shouldn't happen, right? Um, inheriting the earth could, you know, and this is, this is one thing I learned, and in, in, in hopefully we all learn through these studies. Inheriting the earth could possibly mean that when we're glorified, we'll be giving dominance over the new earth, Right? The, the old earth will pass away. There will be a new heavens, new earth. And we will be given dominance over the new earth. So a lot of this is, and if you notice, a lot of this is future also thinking. A lot of these, you know, you can apply now, but it also has implement, you know, implications for the future, right? So the next one is, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Man, who wants to be satisfied? I think we all long to be satisfied. And I don't just mean monetarily. Uh, I, I'm talking about the, uh, to be satisfied where we're at in the Lord, where we're at in, in, in our teaching. Now, we should always strive right always strive forward moving forward we should always learn more and more during the sanctification period it says for those who seek after god's righteousness receive what the desire 
what they desire as opposed to what they only seek in their own righteousness, right? Oh, we, we have a lot of things that will give us temporary happiness, right? Temp- you know, uh, it, 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 that, that temporal satisfaction that this world can give you and things and, and, and such. But what really stays, what is really there, is when we hunger and thirst for his righteousness. Right? That's given to us. That's not anything that we possess that is our own. Next one is, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And, 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 you know, right away my mind went to uh, uh, Matthew 18, 23-35. And I think you will recognize this as I read it. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven, and this is Jesus talking, right? He always talks in parables, talks in stories, makes it clear. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now that's huge money back then, right? This, if this is just a simple servant, that is a lot to be indebted to, right? And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all they had and payment to be made. He probably wasn't even going to make up the, all those talents that, that, that he owed, but he was like, oh, that, that's it. You know, he had that power to do that. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. Now, this is, this is uh, you know, showing compassion here. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. That's pennies, right? Compared to the talents. And seizing him, he began to choke him. Actually physically choke him. Saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him. We're seeing that same story that he just went through with the king, right? And he says, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and, and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. Now you go to prison, you can't pay a debt in prison, can you? Um, when his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. You know, you can imagine the scene, right? Choking this guy and stuff. And this guy has probably already bragged or, or at least told people that he, you know, got leniency from the king. And they're like, you're doing the same thing. And when they went and reported it to their master, all that had taken place. When his master summoned him, he said to him, you wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I have had mercy on you? 
And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. Now here's the key grip. This is, this is, a, this is what this whole piece is about. So also, my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. It, it, it's, it's, it's a lesson of forgiveness. Blessed are the merciful. Are you merciful? Do, do you show mercy? Or do you wield power over somebody? I've seen that. It's, it's ugly. I've seen it in the workplace where people just uh, use their authority. And, and there is no mercy. For if you want mercy, be merciful. Right? Blessed are the pure at heart, for they shall see God. You know, this is the promise. Um, a pure heart now is what? That's another future statement. We can only have truly a pure heart come glorification time. But that's something that we should strive for. Does that mean that we should just not strive for a pure heart? No, that should be a part of our daily, daily walk, our minute-by-minute minute walk. Um, blessed are the pure hearts, so they shall see God. It says in 1 John 3, 2, Beloved, we are God's children now. And when we will, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. Because we shall see him as he is. What a day that's going to be. And that's going to be the day that we can truly be pure in heart. Um, something we, we strive for. Next it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. We need a lot of sons of God right now. <laughs> we, this world is, is, is in pure chaos. The conflicts we see today, you know, the latest one with Israel and Hamas. I'm seeing China and, and Taiwan. We've got Russia and U Ukraine, right? These are some major things going on. And uh, when we see these type of conflicts, they, what do they rise from? They rise from our alienation from God. They rise from our alienation from God. Jesus is the great peacemaker. And so should his sons be like him. That is something that, that, that uh, uh, it's, it's a talent that, that we, that, 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 only Jesus, that we can look to Jesus to gain that type of peacemaking, right? You know, I've always been more of like a, what you call a hawk, you know? Uh, it, 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 you know, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, right? This one hit me hard. We need, we need more peacemakers and we need hawks. That's for sure. Um, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs will be the kingdom of heaven. You know, you read this, and it sounds really nice up front. It sounds sounds really sweet up front. 
Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That means your life is going to be needed for this. It's not simple. Um, uh, One thing uh, that uh, came up in my feed this year around October, uh, October 16th and 1555 during the reign of Bloody Mary, right? And a lot of persecution going on. Hugh Latimer and Nicholas Ridley were burned at the stake that day. And it is said that Latimer said, Be of good comfort, Master Ridley, and play the man. That means be a man. You know, we're, we're standing up for what we believe in. Play the man. We shall this day light such a candle by God's grace in England as shall never be put out. Can you imagine that? Being brave enough to stand there as you're going to be burned at the stake. And it's, it's not even whimsical, but it's, it's like, let's, this light will never burn out. Let these people remember that. Um, and ultimately, they were in the kingdom of heaven that day. That's what that verse is talking about. And then, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you on my account. On my account. Christians who follow Christ will be reviled. Right? And they will be persecuted. It's going to come with the territory. It it has to. Um, It should not be a surprise to us. Right? Um, All evil will come against those who follow Christ. Satan is angry. He hates you with a passion. So don't be surprised when there is persecution. And it will, if it hasn't come, it will come. If you're living for Christ, it will come. It will come. And then, rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus is reminding us this is not a simple walk in the park. Claiming to be his and being one of his comes with a high price. First of all, you're bought and paid for by him. We're bondservants to Christ. And if, you know, it even says they persecuted the prophets. How many prophets died for that cause? But at that death, what happened? We just read it. We'll see him face to face, right? At that time, that glorification. Now, does that mean that we need to go out and try to get persecuted against and go? No, no. I had a problem with one of my sons with that (laughs) when he was younger. He's like, well, why don't we die now? Go to heaven. Uh, <laughs> so there can be no greater award and, and than admittance into heaven. And that's when we will be there to worship and praise the king forever and ever through all eternity. And that, that's, that's the end game. And, and, and all of these um, beatitudes are pointing towards that. It's, it's talking about what, you, what should you expect here? 
but also look what's coming. We have that hope that nobody has. That's why we share the gospel, right? Because we have that hope of knowing that when this time ends here on earth, we're going to see him face to face and what joy that will be. So, in all these ring through through our sanctification period. They really do. They, 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 they ring through, and we can understand these and, and, and digest them and uh, ruminate on them. And, and I, I strongly suggest, you know, go back and read this again for yourself, right? Um, and think about these things, right? And so we're going to go through the Sermon on the Mount through the series. Uh, next week, I'm going to you know, chunk together pieces. We're going to talk about salt and light. Some interesting things there that, that I've, I've learned on salt and light. Uh, we're going to talk about the law, right? And we're also going to talk about anger, which kind of leads into my sermon today. Hi there, this is Austin Hetzler, the pastor of Christ the Rock Church of Elyria, Ohio. We at Christ the Rock are humbled and grateful to be a part of your sanctification today as you listen to this sermon. But at the same time, we want to encourage you to be a member of a good local church and not to allow online sermons to replace the local church and to benefit from the life of that church and to give your spiritual gifts back to that church. Having said that, our website is www.christrockchurch.com. If you go there, you can find sermons, blogs, and other resources as well as our location and service times. You can also listen to the sermons on Bible Thumping Wingnut, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. I, along with the membership of Christ the Rock Church, pray that this sermon will be a blessing to you.